Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. We're doing it a little differently this week. Uh, Marshall and I weren't able to get together, so Marshall's got a segment. He's got his own separate podcast. If you're listening to us on Unhinged right now, you might hear them together. And I got mine. I'll give you my thoughts on Wild Card Weekend, National Championship, everything that happened. And we'll have Patrick Horn, Patrick Cushman joining us in a little bit to give us some, uh, help me with some wild card picks and predictions for the weekend. Not a whole lot happened this week. Uh, pretty uneventful. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Of course, of course a lot happened. The White Sox signed Liam Hendricks. And this is the story everyone's been talking about. Am I right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, in all seriousness, I know you guys don't care about that because baseball is in the back of your mind because we have a football never-ending sandwich, it seems like. We're just kids. It's an all-you-can-eat football buffet of great games to watch. Um, but real quickly on the Liam Hendricks stuff, uh, <laughs> this is very exciting for me. And this is one of those moves the MLB Network, they just named Liam Hendricks as the best relief pitcher in baseball. Uh, and a couple hours later, he signs with the White Sox. Great pickup by him. It seems a lot to pay for a reliever, but with the flexibility on the deal, the way it's structured, they only have $28 million on their payroll with the three guys they just added. So they can still make another move, which I love. Reliable guy coming out of the back end of the bullpen. He just keeps getting better. And I loved Alex Colomay, Mr. Smiley, but uh, we, we, we got a slight upgrade there. Uh, Hendricks gets a lot more strikeouts, which is good for a reliever because you don't want to be putting balls in play where Colomay tended. He had that cutter where guys would get a hold of it. So he'd make you sweat it out. Don't get me wrong, excellent reliever. Appreciate everything he's done for us. But Liam Hendricks, great pickup by Rakan and company. And the White Sox aren't the favorite to win the American League. I don't know who is. All right, let's get into the fun stuff. I know you guys don't really care about that. Uh, we'll go national championship first. Now, you know, there's some people that want to extend the college football playoff. And I think if this game didn't show you the big talent gap between the one and everyone else, I don't know what will. That was a one and a three seed. A pretty good three seed, too, in Ohio State. A really good three seed. They beat a very good Clemson team. They were 6-0 and up until that point. And they got taken to the woodshed. Alabama could do no wrong in that game. Minus, I guess they had that early fumble. Other than that, they scored at will. There wasn't a drive where they had the ball where I'm like, well, they're not scoring this one. Ohio, as soon as Ohio State punted for the second time, it's like, well, this game's over. They're not stopping Devonta Smith. <laughs> that guy is incredible. Incredible. Great, uh, really, really good. I mean, I don't, you don't need to hear it from me. Really good Alabama team. Now, I will say this, as far as it pertains to the NFL. There's a lot of people saying that Mac Jones, NFL quarterback, he throws a nice ball. He's big, strong. He won a lot of games. He's, no. This man, you heard it here first. This is the next Dwayne Haskins. There was nothing in that game. And he played well. Like I said, excellent college quarterback. Played a very good game. But not a whole lot of athleticism there. Uh, he was throwing to wide open receivers. Devonta Smith was being covered by a damn linebacker a couple of times, for goodness sake. Like, that's not for the Heisman winner, being covered by a linebacker. Ohio State was missing two defense, starting defensive linemen. He had no pressure. He could just sit back there. And let's see, he had Najee Harris, Waddle, Smith, and he hasn't played, he has not, he has not played down this year from behind. No discomfort. He is in the perfect situation 
at Alabama. Like, you look at it, even the year before. Look at his receiving core the year before. This is an NFL, like, Pro Bowl caliber team. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devonta Smith, Waddle. And, oh, by the way, he has Najee Harris in the backfield. So, like, yeah, you know, great college quarterback. But there's no pressure on him. He's just sitting back there chucking it to wide-open receivers. I don't know if it's going to translate in the NFL. And I can see why he's an attractive prospect, big, strong, and he does throw a nice ball. He throws a nice, tight spiral. But there's nothing eye-popping about him. Like Danny Warfel, great college quarterback. What do he do in the pros? Eh, not too good. So if he get, especially if you're a quarterback and you get drafted high, you're usually going to a bad situation. Mac Jones is not elevating any team above it because like you know what they won the national championship when they had Tua and Jalen Hurts as a quarterback so you know you can even beat out those guys and they won against Georgia he was on the team third string and they are also saying too and he's matured a lot but like you know he makes a mistake he can get he can get a little rattled I don't see NFL quarterback from him but congratulations Alabama good win there uh you know it is what it is let's get to the NFL let's so couple big takeaways that I had from the NFL. Well, first, we'll start with my Chicago Bears. That was embarrassing. That was a clown show. And it was uh, highlighted by the fact we're on Nickelodeon. So we got Minecraft recreating the whims drop. Oh, my. We punching guys. Scored three points. Three. Let's make it very clear. And then they had the Mitch Trubisky won the MVP. So at least something good came out of it. But, you know... Eh, I'm a Mitch guy. I like Mitch Trubisky. I like him because he's a fellow Mitch. So we fellow Mitches, we have to stick together. He's a nice guy, too. I want him to succeed. He didn't ask to get traded up for. You know, he always, he's always getting ripped on by the media and getting compared to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, who are two generational talents. So he has not had it easy. But it was very clear in year two, he is not the guy. Like, he's not elevating anyone. For Mitch to win games, it has to be perfect. Perfect scenario. Good old line. Got weapons. Weapons. Get him out of the pocket. Establish a run game. And then, yeah, he can win you some games. Everything has to be right. But in football, especially in the playoffs, not everything's going to go right for you. Baker Mayfield just won a playoff game with no head coach and no week of practice. It's like, not everything's going to be perfect for you. And that was a game where he just didn't elevate his team. He, he, He couldn't do it. There is checking down on third down when you need to pick up a first. The situational awareness is not there. He does not process the game fast enough. And what is damning to me about this Bears team, and this is more on the front office. This is an indictment on them. It occurred to me watching the game, the Green Bay Packers, who have, an Aaron, Rod- who have Aaron Rodgers, future Hall of Famer, going to be the MVP this year, arguably the best quarterback in football right now. Easily top five, top three. He's the best quarterback this year, that's for sure. He's going to win the MVP, like I said. They drafted his replacement. And they were thinking about the future of the quarterback position before the Bears did. Because the quarterback's the most important position on the field. When you have Aaron Rodgers, the ultimate security blanket, they're thinking, yeah, we should start planning for the future at quarterback. Let's draft another guy and start setting that up. Before the Bears did. Who knew they were moving off of him? They didn't pick up his option, and they didn't draft a quarterback. Come on, what are you doing? What are you doing? That is an indictment. Very damning. I, you know, it, it was embarrassing. It's disgusting. You have Anthony Miller punching Gardner Johnson after Matt Nagy reportedly told the team all week at practice, hey, this guy's a pest. 
Do not let him instigate. Stay away from him. Don't let him antagonize you. Took a week out. He, he took time out of practice. Practice in the playoffs. So that's precious time to hammer this home, and he still goes and do it. And they're going to tell me, oh, Matt Nagy, some great culture guy. Well, you know, the culture's like that because you have Javon Wims who did it the first game, and then he doesn't get cut. Like, he shouldn't have even been on the football team dropping passes. Mitch Trubisky throws a rare dime, a deep ball down the field. Oh, my God, what a beautiful throw. And it is dropped by a guy that shouldn't have even been on the team because he was punching people. He's not even that good of a receiver. Like, what has he done this year? He should have been cut when he punched the guy. Send him a message. But you let him get away with that, and it's a snowball effect. Look what happens. The guy you didn't cut dropped a pass, and... Anthony Miller thinks he can get away with anything because he punches him. He's like, well, what's the worst that's going to happen to me? This game's over anyway. Sock. Joke. What a joke. It seemed, and they, they made the playoffs. Everyone's going to be like, oh, well, you know, it's all right up at Hallows Hall. No, it's not. And I think Bears fans know this. For the rest of you listening, I don't know if you but like, it's not good here. This is not going to be, this is not going to be a fun five years for the Chicago Bears. So enjoy the playoff when all you can. Uh, that, that was, that was not good. There was two quarterbacks that played wildcard weekend that are very similar. They're all older. One of them looked very dialed in. He was playing a tough team, threw a couple touchdown passes. His team outgained the other one, and it was a heartbreaking loss. The other one threw four interceptions and got blown out by a team that didn't practice. I'm talking, of course, about Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. And I heard this floated around on television earlier last week. And I could not agree more, and it was not more evident than this week. If Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger were to switch teams, and Philip Rivers was on the Pittsburgh Steelers his whole career, he would have the same amount of Super Bowls as Ben Roethlisberger. No doubt in my mind. And now they've, they've always had some good teams, but... Um, you know, it's a much better, it was a much better structure up there in Pittsburgh than it was in San Diego. And mind you, this is a great, this is a great Colts team. They they outplayed the Bills, and that game was no fault of Philip Rivers. He played a damn good game. Ben Roethlisberger, he just looked old. Like Philip Rivers is probably going to be the one that he's going to retire, and Philip and Ben Roethlisberger is going to stay another year. But if you look, look, look at it too, it should be Ben Roethlisberger needs to retire too. I think Philip Rivers could have another year. Now, if I'm the Colts, would I bring him back? No, nah, I'd probably move. I'd probably move on. But like, he played a good game. He played a darn good game. I think if he was on Pittsburgh his whole career, he would win a Super Bowl. Rapid fire, break down these uh, wild card games. Then we'll get into some picks for the week. Uh, Colts, Colts, Bills. Like I said, this was the one where Frank Wright got ripped. I actually didn't like. I they left 11 points on the board. It was a game they should have won, and they lost by three. But a lot of people were ripping Frank Reich, and the knee-jerk reaction was like, yeah, but the more you think about it, you're playing Josh Allen, who he, he can score at will. Like, you don't want to, especially at near the beginning of the half, you don't want to leave him too much time to march on the field and get another touchdown. So they were aggressive. They went for it on fourth down at the four-yard line. And I like the thought process, because one, they had the right play. It just fell out of Pittman's hands. They were a little overthrown, but it could have they could have came up with that ball. Uh, so I like being aggressive. You want to really stick it to the Bills, go up at halftime with a more comfortable lead than three points. Like it would have made it a two-possession two uh, two possession game. It would have been up by 10, I believe. Uh, and you, you just barely missed. But then they had to go 96 yards on the field to score. What they ended up doing 
But I, I didn't think that was a bad decision. And also, they, they went to take the points right after the half, and Rodrigo Blankenship, usually reliable, misses a chip shot. So it was a good Colts team. They left a lot of points on the board. That was a game I thought they should have won. Uh, but, you know, it is... It's it's disappointing that they were able to, they left so many points on the board. Josh Allen he played okay, but like that fumble near the end of the game inexcusable. That cannot happen. Up in the ante from last year when he was throwing the ball all over the place in Houston and lost in that game single handedly in the second half. So that that was ugly. Uh, Rams Seahawks you know that was the game you just kind of if you had errands to do or groceries to run that was the game to run out of the house and do it really quick. Uh, yeah, Jared Goff, the blown-up thumb, is looking like the size of a big pickle, I guess, on that hand. That thing got swollen. I, I give him credit. He hung in there, and he battled for that team. He didn't have to do much. He only completed nine passes, but he had the touchdown pass at the end of the game that really sealed it for him. He had the deep ball to Cooper Cup. Cup made a nice play, but he did what he had to to get that team to win. In a game he wasn't planning on starting either because John Wolford got knocked out. Uh, so... Good for him. Washington at Tampa. Now, you know, the Bucks, you know, the Heineke bandwagon, you know, it is what it is. Tampa Bay looked good. And, you know, I think the story of that game was the fact how well Tom Brady played against that pass rush. Because that's something we were, me and Marshall were talking about the week before is how is he going to handle this Washington pass rush? He usually doesn't handle pressure well. Uh, you know, most quarterbacks don't. This team can get to the quarterback. I think it's going to be a close game, and they're going to struggle. Well, it was a close game, but it was more because of the Washington offense was able to keep up with them. That was the story of the game with Taylor Heineke than it was the defense. I think Tom Brady scoring 31 points against that uh, Washington team, very promising sign moving forward. That's a quarterback, 43 years old. He hasn't missed a beat. He looked like he could play another five years. He's starting to get in sync with, uh, I think they finally figured out the offense distributing the ball well, Antonio Brown's getting going. Well, fuck that guy, but he is getting going. Uh, that, that's a scary team. I, you know, you'll hear it later in the picks, but um, I like the Buccaneers a lot. Uh, finally, we, we have the Ravens and Titans. And, you know, there was two, or excuse me, we have two more games to get to. The Ravens-Titans, uh, you know, Lamar dispelled the playoff narrative. Not a big fan of him running off the field afterwards. You gotta show some respect. You can't be slinking off like Isaiah Thomas. I didn't have a problem with them stomping on the logo. I thought that was funny. But, you know, you gotta, after the game, you shake hands. That's why I like hockey so much. Playoff series. You're playing seven games against these teams. It's a war. You hate their guts by the fourth game. You're sick of them. Afterwards, win or lose, ultimate respect. You line up and you shake hands. Like, come on. Do you look, he looked immature. There and I, I but running off the field like that, and then it was funny because they had to run back on and do an interview. But like, what are you doing? Come on, man, show some respect. You just won your first playoff game. Shake some hands as much as it hurt. Like, you show a little bit of sportsmanship and class there. Not a big fan of that, but I will say this for Lamar: I was impressed the way he bounced back. He threw that ugly interception early, poorly thrown ball. A lot of quarterbacks would unravel, especially when he had a lot of pressure on him. In this game, which was unfair pressure too, because you look at the two playoff games he lost. The one was to a very, very good San Diego team or Chargers team. I guess they moved uh, to LA that year, but it was a good, it was a good Chargers team, a lot of talent. And he only he was a rookie, and he only played half the year that year. 
Don't hold that against them. Then he played the Titans team that went to the AFC Championship. Yeah, were they a one seed? Yes, but like that was a good Titans team last year. He got his revenge this year. Bounced back nicely, settled in. It's always how you respond. I, our golf coach used to say this to me all the time. You know, the trial. He's like, if you have a bad hole, I'm not going to look at that score. I'm going to look at the score on the hole you had after it because that shows me your mental fortitude. Whether, hey, did you let it get to you? Like, oh, damn, I can't play today. And then you see the usually rounds unravel. But you come back, you get, you know, you're part of the next hole. And it's like, okay, all right, he's still, he's still dialed in. That's what Lamar did. This is a team that's built to win the playoffs, too. That Ravens team, the way they run the ball. We talked about the Steelers a little bit. Uh, tough game when you spot them 28 points to start. Now, I will say this for Ben Roethlisberger. While the stats were not pretty, I he did battle for his team. He didn't quit. A lot of teams and quarterbacks would have folded. Uh, he did play his heart out. He left it all out on the field. One of those interceptions wasn't really his fault. And he threw for 500 yards in a playoff game. So that's something. I don't think it was as bad as everyone said, but it wasn't. It was you, threw, you turned the ball over four times. So you know it might be it might be time to retire there. <laughs> Is there a more dislikable franchise, especially in that playoff field? And the Pittsburgh Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster. That was like, all of Al Michaels and Chris Collins was like, ah, how can you not like Juju Smith-Schuster? It's like, bro, everyone hates him. Now, here's a guy, you know, TikTok star. It's like, fuck that guy. And then you got Chase Claypool afterwards. He just got beat down by the Browns by 11 points. They didn't practice all week. So, oh, they're going to get clapped by the Chiefs next week. Mm, all right. Have fun watching on the couch. Joke. Is the culture really that good up there? Mike Thomas supposed to be a culture guy. And they're still very loud. Antonio Brown left. He was the locker room disturbance. And he still got receiver drama. Le'Veon Bell left. Oh, he was supposedly the problem. And rookie's talking. Everyone's talking. Lots of problems there. Big Ben needs to get back. He needs to get in better shape, too. If he wants to come back, he's got to get in a lot better shape. Because he looked like a beached whale trying to move around in the pocket there. Not good. Not good. But you know what that move signaled? It signaled that the Eagles, essentially, they just proved me right on Carson Wentz. I've been saying all year, I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. Right now, just a bad situation. He's not had a whole lot of support. I think Doug Peterson butchered that relationship. And you can see, relationship-wise, what he's done. It was on full display on that final Sunday night of the regular season. You had Jalen Hurts, who... You know, look disgusted with him. The the offensive line and were kind of giving him side side eyed looks. Like, I mean, you got Carson Wentz who you're paying all this money. He was reportedly going to ask for a trade. I think the front office saw that and they're like, "We know what Carson Wentz is. We know what he think he can be. We're paying a lot of money. We're sticking with Carson." That was the front office front office siding with Carson Wentz. Over Doug Peterson. And look, let me. Doug Peterson had a successful tenure there. Now, the Eagles have been known to fire pretty good coaches or that have had winning record. Andy Reid fired him. That's a pretty good coach. Chip Kelly, winning record there. I think they fired him after a 10 and 6 season. And now Doug Peterson after the Super Bowl. But with Doug Peterson, the difference is Frank Reich, I think, was the one running the show there. Because since he's left, there's been a sudden decline. In the Eagles. And the one year they made the playoffs, the year after he left, that was not a good Eagles team. I mean, they only, Carson Wentz had to carry them into the playoffs. They had a losing record. Carson Wentz is the reason they made it. I hate to break it to you folks. He dragged that team into the playoffs, put the team on his back, and he's like, all right, let's go. 
and it was a shame he got hurt in the playoff game because I think he could have beaten the Seahawks and they had to put him in count. And then on the other hand, you had Frank Reich. He leaves all of a sudden. The Colts, the 10-win team, going to the playoffs. What the heck's going on? They're still a good team. The Colts have not had a bad team under Frank Reich. Worst team they had last year, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. And that was when Jacoby Brissett, a lot of his best receivers got hurt. He was on and off. You know, that, they were still competitive. They had a chance to make it. Meanwhile, the Eagles are floundering. Frank Reich, I think it's pretty clear he was the one pulling straight. And that's why I kind of wanted to see Carson Wentz go to the Colts just because that would be a Super Bowl contender all of a sudden. That would be an interesting team. But the Eagles showed you with that move. Carson's our guy. We want to make him happy. The relationship was bad. You're gone. Sorry. That is the right move. It's harsh, but I understand what they did. And I like it because that boob was ruining, his ineptitude was ruining Carson Wentz's career. Did not do that man any favors. Now, let me say this. If Carson Wentz still requests a trade, then that's soft. Then I'm going to have a problem with it because they did what they want, what you wanted. They got rid of Doug Peterson who's the problem. You can't go in there and compete with Jalen Hurts and you don't think you can beat him out for the starting job and that's why you want to leave. You're soft. That is a bitch move. I don't think he will. I, I don't think he will. And I don't think the Eagles are going to trade him. Because like I said, they're paying him a lot of money. But if for some reason he still requests a trade, then I'm going to have a problem. Right now, though, I no problem with that. No problem. Doug Peterson was, he, he was looking incompetent near the end. Going for two. Putting in Nate Sudfeld. I'm like, come on. There's a dumpster fire over there. We now bring in Patrick Cushman, who's going to help me with the wild card weekend picks, break down some games. Let's get right to it. Do you buy the Taylor Heineke bandwagon? Are you on the bandwagon? Do you buy the hype? He balled out for his team, uh, and the Washington football team nearly pulled off the upset. They came up just a bit short. Um, yeah, what are your? I'll, I'll give my thoughts in a second. What, do you, what were your impressions from that game? I've been on the Taylor Heineke bandwagon since he was... Um on my XFL St. Louis Battlehawks team as a third-string quarterback. Yeah. So, Behind you know, Tiamu the or whatever. bandwagon, they need to, uh, I'm the ringleader of it. But, um, you know, he's not going to be great or anything. Um, but you know what he did bring is he brought energy and he brought passion to a position where Washington just has not had that in Dwayne Haskins. Um, and Alex Smith, you know, he's, he's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but I mean, realistically, how long can he play with that leg? I mean, I mean he's old enough as is. I mean, I, I mean, you can't expect him to start 16 games. You can't expect him to get outside the pocket. And so he kind of he brought, you know, an energy um, that Washington really hasn't had for a while. Um, so I, I liked it. I liked his performance. He played with his heart out, and it was really nothing. He had nothing to lose there, you know. He's yeah. going out with the lowest of expectations. And you know what? He did a pretty damn good job against a pretty damn good team. So he should be proud of himself. Is he going to be the starter moving forward? If you're Washington, you kind of hope not because he's, you know, his talent has a ceiling. Yeah, there's a reason um, he was a third-string quarterback in the XFL. <laughs> yeah, and he did start a, one game last year for the Panthers. was absolutely awful. Um, so it was good to see him out there, and he might have a job as a backup next year. But um, as a starter in the league, I, I just don't see him having that sort of talent. Let's get into the picks here. This is going to be your first weekend picking some games. Uh, first, the divisional playoff series. 
Last week, we, uh, see, I had one wrong. We got to build off of that. I didn't pick the Bears game, but, like, that was just because I didn't want to pick against the Bears, so. Anyway, first game we'll talk about. Well, let's talk, let's talk Chiefs, let's talk Chiefs-Browns first. Ten-point spread on this one. That's a lot. The Chief, And this isn't, you don't have to pick against the spread or anything. This is just, side note here. The Chiefs are coming off a bye week. Now, Andy Reid off a bye is usually pretty good, but they've had two weeks off. And we saw when the Ravens did this with Lamar last year, who was the MVP. You have a team two weeks off, they're going to build a lot of rust. And it was a team that I was not particularly impressed with down the stretch, despite the fact they had a 10-11 game win streak. But, like, they haven't been blowing anyone out. They let the Falcons hang around for a really long time. I think there's going to be a little bit of rust. Cleveland's playing hot right now. I don't pick against Patrick Mahomes near the end of the game. I think it's inevitable that he's going to come back. But if you are a betting man, hammer the 10 points. I think the Browns easily cover that. That is way too many. I would jump all over that before it goes down because I don't see any way. The, one, the Chiefs don't blow teams out. I don't see them winning by two scores in this one. I think this is going to be a dogfight. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a closer game than people think. It's kind of like Washington last week. It's my almost upset of the week. I'm still taking the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes, he's inevitable. But this is going to be a close game. What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't know if they'll win by 10. And they, they might. I, I don't gamble, so I don't really look into percentages of covering the spread or anything like that. But like you said, the Chiefs haven't been spectacular this year. Um, but they found ways to win games. And that's what I think they're going to do today. And I think the Browns, um, they had a good win. Um, they beat Pittsburgh away. And that might have been their kind of feeling moment. Um, but I think they do keep it close. I think Kansas City does come out a little rusty um, because they have had two weeks off. Um, and I don't know how, I don't think that's really beneficial to have two weeks off. I'm saying, oh, we get to rest. Well, you know, sometimes too much rest is not good. So I do think it's closer um, than what the bookmakers or whatever they are are saying. It's going to be. Um, so I think it is close. But I, I just think the Chiefs are and Patrick Mahomes are just too good, especially against the Browns, who haven't really played particularly well beside last week. That's fair. Uh, we'll continue. We'll go AFC, then NFC. Bills, uh, Bills or Ravens. This is good. This is a big game. This is the game of the weekend for me. Because these are two teams I said before the playoffs that if there's going to be a team that knocks off the Chiefs, it's going to be one of these two. And I think they have a good chance. This one's a toss-up for me. Uh, I really like the Ravens, the run defense they have, and I like the fact Lamar Jackson, the way they play, it's kind of built for the playoffs. But on the other hand, you have an MVP in Josh Allen uh, who's playing very well. Stephon Diggs has a whole new element. Defense, they bend but they don't break. Now I'm going with the I'm going with the underdogs here. I'm taking the Ravens simply because, and despite the playoff narrative, I trust Lamar Jackson a little bit more in the playoffs than I do Josh Allen. I think the end of the game, that fumble he had against the Colts, was pretty inexcusable. That was very careless with the football down the stretch. And we saw him in Houston last year. He didn't know like he did. He had some head-scratching plays uh, and last year against Houston. They tried to up the ante a bit this year. Uh, the, the Browns, the Bills' defense, is, it's okay situationally, but I think the Ravens are too good in the red zone. Uh, they're a well-coached team. I mean, both are well-coached teams, but I'm going, I am going the Ravens and John Harbaugh 
I think they'll be able to control the clock and keep it out of Josh Allen's hands, which is what you have to do because they can run the ball. So I'm taking I am taking the Ravens in this game. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I'm taking um, the Ravens, and both of these teams are really hot coming into this game. Um, Buffalo would have won 11 games in a row if they didn't give up a Hail Mary. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I really think that's a fluke. Um, so they're really hot, and so are the Ravens, who have won down the stretch to make the playoffs, won last week. But I wasn't particularly impressed with the Bills against um, the Colts. Um, and like you said, is Josh Allen going to make a big mistake like he nearly did last week when Howie did last year? Um, you never know. But I think John um, Harbaugh is the better coach here. Um, and like you said, they have a run game that will allow them to control the clock. I just think Lamar Jackson, the way he's been playing, he's just too dynamic and too um, he's going to make plays. And I think those plays that he's going to make are going to push him over the edge. And I think the Ravens take this game. Yeah, I, this is the one I feel the least comfortable about. Comfortable about. I, now, for the Bills thing, I know they didn't look that impressive. But, like, for the Colts, the Colts are the best seven seed, I mean, I think you're ever going to see. That was a very, very talented team that they had to play. So that was no – I mean, for a team like the Bills that had the two seed, that was a tough draw first round against the Colts. But, uh, yeah, like, as we both said. I'm still I'm still taking the Ravens because they did not look very uh, convincing that game. On to the NFC. Uh, NFC, it is a lot easier for me to pick. We'll go Packers. We'll go your Packers and Rams first. Uh, I, if John Wolford's starting, maybe they can hang around. I think they're too banged up, though. That game against the Seahawks took a lot out of them. It took them a lot just to get into the playoffs to begin with. Packers well-rested. Uh, unlike the Chiefs, they don't have two weeks off. It's only a one-week bye for them. I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers losing at home in this one to John Wolford or Jared Goff, who has one hand. I think I'm taking the Packers, and I think they will win fairly handily here. It'll be interesting to see how they hold up against that defense. Jalen Ramsey versus uh, uh, Devontae Adams will be a fun matchup to watch, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Packers in that game. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough, too, with Bak- uh, David Bakhtiari, of course, out for the season. But other than that, the Packers are relatively pretty healthy. Um, you know, they don't have those nagging injuries that keep you out a week. They don't have and pretty much any of those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they will have Billy Turner subbing in at tackle, presumably, unless Jason Veld here. And I don't know if you heard that story about how he started for the Colts. He got elevated from the practice squad. And then the Packers signed him off the practice squad, so he's going to play for two different teams in the playoffs. Anyway. <laughs> That's um, pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's never been done before, so pretty cool. But anyway, um, and who's going to start at guard? Is it going to be Lucas Patrick? And um, So you are going to, you might have to double um, Aaron Donald. Um, Corey Lindsley, who's one of the best centers in the game, um, will, ob- will probably help out on that. Um, and with Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams, they'll need a number two guy to step up. Um, and will that be Robert Tunyon? Will that be Alan Lazard? Will um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, be able to rip off, you know, a long um, pass play? Um, and someone's got to step up, and someone has stepped up all year, and this is when they really need it. We'll see if that's able to happen. Um, but, and you know, the Rams, they are banged up. I think this one's closer than a lot of people are expecting. Um, but I really just think the Packers won this one. 
final game to pick. The battle between the two aging quarterbacks. On the one side, you got Drew Brees. The other side, you got Tom Brady. Now, these two teams have met twice this year. And to be quite honest, they were not really close in either of them. The Sunday night game, they had down in Tampa. The Saints absolutely drubbed them. And this is the first. They, they're getting. They'll have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara back. That was the first time they both. I think all they were both on the field last uh, week uh, this season. They haven't played. They haven't played much. It was under. It was only like. I think it was like three. Games it was like thirty snaps. Yeah, it was together. not. It was not much. So they're gonna have them all back again. I, I, I this is gonna be a shocker. I am taking the Bucks in this. I think it is very very hard. To beat a team three times in the season, especially one as talented as the Buccaneers, I trust Tom Brady in the postseason more than I trust Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees looks shot, like he, he, his arm looks shot. I think he's he looks close to retirement, like this is the last year for him. Tom Brady looks like he could still play another five years. Uh, I think Antonio Brown, when they like, played last, it was his first. He was kind of still easing his way back in. Uh, they've figured out how to use them. The offense is clicking, and the defense should be good enough to keep them in it. We'll see. That's going to be the biggest question mark. But I like the Buccaneers in this one. I think the Bucks win this game. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you a lot, and I'm going to agree with you again. Um, and for me, the Saints did not look good against the Bears. And the Bears' um, defense, especially their secondary, isn't particularly impressive. And they were missing the best um, player, Roquan Smith, too. It should be. Yeah. And Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen. So, yeah, that was a good point. And they, they allowed the Bears to stay in that game um, for way too long. Um, their defense, uh, you can't really judge them based off last game because they're playing a really bad offense. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't really like what I saw with the Saints, and it's a. And like you said, Drew Brees could not throw the ball over the top. I think he only made one. I, I he he could not throw over the top um, at all. It was a lot of checkdowns. It was like a lot of five yard passes, um, and against a good defense. And you never bet on a team to win three times against the same opponent. The Bucks offense is hitting their stride finally. They're using all their weapons. Um, that they acquired, like Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. I think the Bucks win this one. Um, and I really don't think it's that. I really don't. I see how the Saints could win, but I really don't think it's that much of a controversial pick to take Tampa Bay. I, I think they should be the favorite. Really? It's, well, I, I, I mean, if, if you take away, if you don't look at, so, for one, New Orleans has only beaten one team with a five with a record above five hundred, and that was Tampa Bay. So, if you take away those two games and you're looking at this as the first matchup between these teams, you're taking Tampa Bay. Um, and those two matchups were early in the season. Tampa Bay's offense has gotten so much better. I, I think it's Tampa Bay. The Saints are favored by three in this one. Just pulled up the line, which I think is fair because they did beat them twice. But yeah, I no, I we are on the same page there. Final thing I want to get to: we had the national championship on Monday. First off, if you listen to the podcast last week, we had a great debate about the college football playoff uh, and what you know should they expand it, should they not. I'm a proponent saying expanding it will not do anything. And you saw that once again on Monday night. The talent gap between the number one seed and the four seed and then the number one seed and the three seed was huge. 
Like, that game was over before it started. And I thought Ohio State was going to win. Boy, was I wrong. That that was embarrassing. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, if you watched the national championship at all, but... That, yeah, that and, um... Yeah, so I, I agree with the same thing with um, you on Mac Jones, and you're kind of seeing it with two at the NFL level. It's, you know, when you're throwing, you know, it's easy to throw for 400 yards when you have four NFL-caliber wide receivers and you're playing a team like Mississippi State. Um, even against a team like Ohio State, these receivers have four or five yards of separation, and you're not going to see them at the NFL level. And, you know, coming into this season, Mac Jones was – you know, a fringe prospect is how it was described by some, a fringe prospect. So someone you take sixth, seventh round, see what you get in training camp and keep him on the practice squad for a year. And then if he, if he is good, you keep him. If he's not, uh, it's whatever. Um, and then, you know, he throws, um, he plays really well. And this college football season is probably the worst season of college football ever. I'm going to be honest with you. It was awful. I mean, the big 10, uh, Wisconsin only played like five games. Yeah. Ohio State played five regular season games. And so it, it, it was just horrible. It was an awful season. And realistically, it should have been null and void, but they had to do it for the money. And it's really sad. But, um, and it, there were so many different players throughout the season that couldn't play. And, it was, you know, important players. And the Big Ten's uh, COVID protocol was awful. Um, and so you have a team that's played an entire season versus a team that's really only played half of a season against lower opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, and the press versus Clemson, um, but the talent gap with Alabama, I think their second team could win the SEC. I honestly do. Yeah. Oh, and that was like Nick's, Yeah. Oh, totally. And Nick Saban was saying this is the best college football team of all time. They, they, they are talented. Do not get me wrong. Like, I, and I wish this college football team – could play in an actual season. Yes. Because they will not be looked on as the same way as the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, um, the USC team that won the national championship. What year was that? 2005. Yeah. Um, they won't ever be compared to that because they played in this weird season where people are out because of COVID, um, didn't really have, you know, a real team to play against. But they're, and, they're never going to be looked at that. And that's a shame because this team, honestly, it, it will, I think it is one of the most talented teams I've ever seen. Mm. It was men against boys in that game. And if that's the second best team in the country, Ohio state, ah, oh, man. I mean, they made them look like they were playing like Mizzou, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, that team was good. That would be my only knock on it. And now listen, they played a, a good Ohio State, or uh, Alabama or excuse me, goddamn, a good Notre Dame team and a good Ohio State team. Like Ohio State beat Clemson. It's not like Ohio State's a bunch of scrubs out there. But where you got to pump the brakes on best team of all time, and you said it like with the COVID, it kind of affects them. The schedule they played in the SEC, and then he th- he Nick Saban talked about this like it was like a positive, like oh we played twelve SEC, we play all SEC schedule. So that's got to boost your record somehow. I don't know if it necessarily does because the SEC is not – it wasn't very good this year. I think it's an overrated conference to begin with. But what are the toughest games you played? I mean, Florida, okay. I mean, they kind of got waxed in their bowl game. by they're missing a couple receivers, but they still well, – not, not a great performance. Texas A&M, it was like, eh. I, I don't know. I, I didn't think the SEC – Yeah, great I, this I year think it would have been more – 
I think it would have been more impressive if they played um, like an out-of-conference game early in the season, like, I don't know, like a Wisconsin or a Michigan. Yeah. You know, one of those schools that would have boosted because, yeah, he played in all, like you said, he played in all SEC school, but, you know, Georgia wasn't part, they won the, they won a New Year's Six Bowl, but they, they really didn't look like a championship contender. Right. Um, LSU had a, had a dismal season. Um, Auburn wasn't particularly that good. They ended up losing the Citrus Bowl to Northwestern. Um, and so, you know, they didn't really, the SEC wasn't that good, but, you know, then they play against Ohio State, who I think is a really good team. Um, I think Notre Dame was overrated. Um, I really do. I did not think Notre Dame was that good. But, um, yeah. Well, that was a very flawed four seed, yeah. Because they never played a game in which it was like, oh, this is going to be a good matchup. It was always, yeah, Alabama should win this, but what if there's an upset, right. you know? Right. It, they never got had the chance to prove themselves. Like, look at um, the schedule. Like, Missouri. Hey, come on. It's Mizzou. Texas A&M, all right. Maybe I'll give you. I don't think they were that great, but they were a five seed fine. Mississippi. Oh, that's a tough game. Uh, Georgia. Okay, maybe. You got two tough. You have two arguably tough games. Then you got Tennessee. Here's where it gets really fun. Tennessee stinks. Mississippi State won three regular season games. Kentucky. Auburn, who just fired their head coach. LSU, dumpster fire. Arkansas. Is it really that hard of a schedule when you played two arguably tough games, but not really? Like, it was a flaw. A lot of these teams that were ranked, like you said, too, it was kind of flawed because the SEC was playing more games than everyone, so they kind of got unfair rankings compared to everyone and, else. And their COVID protocols, like, if the bit in the Big Ten, if you tested positive, you could not play for 21 days. Yeah. Um, and a lot of games were canceled. And the SEC, all you had to do is have, I think, two or three negative tests in a row. Yeah. Because even one tested positive on a Tuesday and was coaching on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I said, this whole college football season, it was kind of just because the Big Ten wasn't originally going to play. Uh, Pac-12 wasn't originally going to play. And it, it just, I don't know, it just did not, it was not a good college football season, I think. I am with you. I, I I'm with you on that one. It was it was a strange one, uh, that is for sure. Speaking of which, I gotta do. We gotta do some ad reads here. Uh, first off, if you have not checked out our link, go to our Twitter. Go to our fanatic. Go to click the link. Go to fanatics. Buy yourself a nice jersey. Uh, you get an Aaron Rodgers jersey or something. I don't know. What's the best jersey in your collection, Pat? Um, I have to say it's my Brett Favre Atlanta Falcons jersey. Ooh, throw yes, there you go. You can get a yeah. you can get actually I don't know if you could probably get that on a fanatics. You can you, you no, can find no. some you could get a Sam Darnold before he's traded uh, jersey. There then you yes, call that get one. Sam Darnold. You can join my uh, Sam Darnold uh, jersey club if you uh, buy one off Fanatic. And finally we have another link for Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? You get a bunch of live shows, channels. You can stream all of them. I know it's a pain. Those yesterday, I was trying to watch this Premier League game. wasn't on the uh, television, regular television station. Uh, I was looking for links. And now Fubo TV. If you type in like, oh, I want to watch this game live stream, Fubo TV always has it. They got a ton of live channels. So click the link there. You can start a free trial today. That I is will a, say okay, one thing about Fubo TV. I love Fubo TV, and I'm, this isn't like an ad plug. I actually love them because I love to watch a lot of soccer, 
And in America, you know, it, it's so complicated. But besides the Premier League who has, you know, NBCSN, but they're also on Peacock now, so that's a whole thing. But if you want to watch, you know, um, you know, the Italian League and you don't have ESPN Plus and you don't want to pay for it monthly and you just want to watch one game, um, it's great for, you know, um, live sports matches. I used to have it, um, and I loved it to watch soccer. Um, and it also has other live sports. I didn't even use it for that, but now they do that too. So it's a very, it's a very good service. There you go. You heard it here first. Marshall said the same thing last week. He didn't even know we had this ad read. So it is a good service. Definitely check it out, and you'll be supporting the podcast by doing so. Really quickly, actually, I, I, we didn't plan on talking about this, but uh, since I actually watched the game, I want to hear your thoughts because we're, we're both. I'm a semi Liverpool fan. You're a Liverpool diehard. They got passed the Premier League table yesterday by Man United, who squeaked out a win. Uh, I think Pogba was had the late goal in that game, uh, but it, it, it was very it was very close, especially near the end. Well, how are you feeling about um, Liverpool right now? Do you think you can still pull it out? You got a big game against them, Man United coming up. I think you're down three points, if I'm correct. But yeah, what, what, how are you feeling yeah. about that? Well, you know, obviously, you know, we started off the season um, a little weak, then we got really strong, and it's funny because we played our best uh, football during um, when we were in our injury crisis. Um, but we have not. We've played really bad teams and have played horrible against them. Um, hopefully we had, um, we had, uh, an FA cup game in which we had to play Aston Villa's U21 team or U23 team. They had 16 year olds on the pitch, um, because of COVID they didn't even have their manager. Um, so hopefully that boosted the confidence. Um, obviously a big game this week. I think Liverpool is one of the most talented teams in the world. Um, and in the premier league, I think, you know, we're a top contender, um, I think I think we'll be fine, um, and that's coming from a place of optimism. But the recent form has been. But on the soccer note, I would like to give a shout out. They were a seventh um, tier side, and they played against the team that is currently fourth in the Premier League, and they only lost five to one. And if you watched the game like I did on ESPN Plus, <laughs> they were literally playing in a town park. Like you could see, like the backyards of people's houses. Um, so it was definitely, and they they played a good fight. They didn't concede for the first forty minutes. So huge shout out to them. Um, they played their heart out against, and these guys are semi professionals. They're like plumbers and stuff, right? And they're playing against the England captain. You know, pretty cool to see. Yeah, I remember you texting at the gym, like, "Hey, turn on this game. They're uh, they're playing a pub team." It's like, why the hell would I want to watch that? But I did actually. That does sound. Sounds pretty fun. You get a you get a beer league going up against one of the best teams in the world. What was it, five to one? You said so they got they, five to one, but they did not concede for the first forty minutes. So I'll I that's hey, a victory in the Was it a garbage time goal or when? What was the score? Five nothing when they scored. Because the fact they scored, I'll give them credit for that too. But what what, what was you know I only I only watched till halftime. Um, I'll admit I just wanted to see them play like in like a town park. That's pretty. You know, and it was funny because, you know, you know, you have these world class players playing in this town park, and because they couldn't have any fans, people were just like on the outside of the fence at the park just watching the game, because there's no like stands right. in parts of the stadium, so they're just like, you know, sitting like behind the goal, behind the fence, just watching the game. So it was really cool, um, and they're a really small team, 
really, really small, um, semi-professionals. So there you go. Well, Pat, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week and enjoy the playoffs this weekend. Heating up, there's some great games to watch.